Hello, I am really glad you're with us today, and I hope you're doing really well. Today, we're wrapping up our Life Hacks message series, and I hope it's been a help to those who've listened in. If you've missed some of the series, uh, all five messages are on our website, churchinthevalley.com, and you can find them there to listen in. Here is the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Definition of a Life Hack. A life hack is a usually simple and clever tip or technique for accomplishing some familiar task more easily and efficiently. We've been sharing a few of these life hacks from the Internet. Uh, You can find all kinds of them there. Here is one final life hack from the Internet that I'd like to share with you. It's, It's a very useful hack. How to remove permanent marker from everything. Clothes. Use, use hand sanitizer. We, we probably have a lot of that around right now. Walls. Toothpaste or hairspray. Wood. Rubbing alcohol. Carpet. White vinegar. Furniture. Milk. Who would have thought that? Uh, whiteboard. Dry erase marker or pencil rubber eraser. Ceramic or grass. One part toothpaste and one part baking soda. That is helpful to know because I've accidentally marked things with a Sharpie with permanent marker and, you know, it's, it's frustrating when that happens and scary if it's in an expensive item. These shortcuts work well. We, we've walked through in this series and I plan to use many of them. But it's interesting, if you put permanent marker on something, you can get most of it so that you can't hardly see it, but there's still a faint mark that's there. And I'm a perfectionist, which is kind of a curse, frankly. It can cause a lot of inner turmoil, but it brings to mind a human need that all of us share. We all have a need to remove the mark of sin from our soul. We tend to take a natural approach to removing the mark ourselves, the mark of sin, and this approach makes perfect sense to human beings, to to who we are. It, It lines up. Here's what we do. We try to make up for the bad by doing good. We're working to tip the scales in our favor by doing more good than we've done bad so that hopefully as God judges us, he will judge based on the good we've done. But the problem is the mark of sin is still there. It's still on our soul. Some of us work really hard to remove, to remove the mark of sin, and we have a lot of turmoil as we try to do that. We're just all churned up inside, all agitated, but we know it's still there. That's, that's part of what agitates us. That's part of what The inner turmoil is all about. We need help 
from outside of ourselves to deal with a stain of sin. In this passage that we're going to dive into today, Jesus shows us how to find rest for our souls from that inner turmoil of trying to do uh, for ourselves what only God can do. And he shows us the path to freedom from the inner turmoil of trying to erase that mark of sin by our own effort. We need the ultimate solution that Jesus provides. And I I find this passage that we're going to dig into incredibly helpful. And we can use it as a measure for how we're doing in our walk with the Lord. If you haven't yet decided to follow Christ, then I would encourage you to listen to this message and find out what it means, the help he brings, and the blessing he gives in the midst of walking with him. The teaching of Jesus that we're going to look at today was delivered to a large crowd as he was traveling through the region of Galilee. Uh, in this region, people were hardworking, they were prosperous, they were self-sufficient, much like this area. Southern California is a very prosperous region. People work hard, they play hard, they enjoy their lifestyles. In Galilee, people had, for the most part, what they needed physically, but many were exhausted physically and emotionally and spiritually. By and large, the people of Galilee, they were considered outsiders in the nation of Israel. They, they weren't the high-status folks. They were blue-collar, not the power people in Jesus' day. And I find it interesting that Jesus spent most of his ministry in Galilee. He was a carpenter himself. He was a blue-collar guy himself. And I think it's interesting that when God came to earth, he spent his time with the the lower status people, not not the high status people. In this passage, Jesus makes it clear that God reveals the ultimate solution to the least likely. Matthew eleven twenty five through twenty seven says, At that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus makes a statement here about the kind of person who understands the message and activities and ways of God's kingdom. This this passage follows a, a really scorching indictment of several cities where he had been teaching and doing mighty works, but they didn't get it. They didn't believe. They didn't put their faith in him. So in his prayer, 
here, Jesus thanks the Father that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. He's saying that the high status people in the world are not the ones who get it usually. It's it's harder for them to get it, to understand the message and the activities of the kingdom and what God is doing in the world. If you consider yourself middle class or under, thank God with Jesus because you're in a better position to understand God and what he's doing in the world and coming to him and trusting him with your life. This is what Jesus is saying here. Childlike faith and humility are necessary in order to enter God's kingdom and then in order to continue to walk with the Lord and experience the life he he wants to bless us with. And so this is very important understanding. The reason it is this way is not because God's playing favorites. It's because people who are highly successful, those who are high status kind of people, they tend to think they've got it all figured out. They, they have life wired. So why do I need any outside help? Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. He is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Jesus is saying here in the passage we're looking at, God chooses to reveal the things of the Spirit that Paul talked about there to little children. This is what he does. In, In other words, Those who humbly seek God and know that they need him. Children are dependent people. (laughs) They are dependent on their parents. And hopefully they're humble. Sometimes they're not. But they are not afraid to ask for the help of their mom and dad. That's the way it is. That's what Jesus is talking about. God reveals the things that are hidden to the wise and understanding of the world, the high-status people. He reveals it to those who seek him, who humbly turn to him and ask for his help in figuring life out. The message of the kingdom in God's ways, they aren't intuitive. This is why it's so hard for successful people to figure it out. Those who don't feel they need help and never seek God are in a very dangerous place. Spiritual truth must be revealed. No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus chooses to reveal God and himself to those who seek him, regardless of their status. Although it is easier for those middle class or lower to to seek him, to figure it out, because we're looking for help. This is an important backdrop to the core passage that I want to look at and walk through this morning 
verses 28 through 30, we won't understand that passage if we don't keep these things in mind. We need to understand that. Here's Jesus' invitation in Matthew 11:28 through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Does rest from inner turmoil sound good to you? It does to me. I need that. We can use this passage as a sort of measure to see how much we're understanding what it means to follow Jesus. And I, I suggest that you do that as I walk through the rest of this passage. In this teaching, Jesus shows us how to find rest for your souls. At, at the core of our being, he shows us how to experience the rest that only he can provide in our core. First, we're invited to come to Christ. 11.28 says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus doesn't give a list of do's and don'ts. He, he doesn't give us a way to cover up the bad with the good that we're doing. He doesn't offer a life hack solution to our core problem in life. He offers himself. Come to me. I will give you rest. Jesus is showing us how to find rest for our souls and the inner turmoil of trying to erase the mark of sin by our own effort. That's our core problem. That's, that's what God wants to solve as he brings us to Jesus Christ. The invitation is for all who are weary and burdened. If you're spiritually worn out from trying to erase the mark of sin by your own effort, which isn't possible, it leaves a faint mark anyway, it's still there, you know, my perfectionism kind of gets wound up by that. You can let him, you can let Jesus remove it completely. His work on the cross to pay for our sins removes the stain of our sin forever. Completely. Our part is to accept what he's done. Quit trying to pay the price ourselves, which we do, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a couple minutes. And follow him as Lord or boss. And we're going to find out what that means more and more, uh, or more as we walk through this message. But he says, if you do that, if you accept what he's done, quit trying to pay the price for your sin yourself, follow him as Lord, I will give you rest. That's his promise. That's what we can experience as we come to him. Spiritual rest cascades into other kinds of rest. It's the core kind of rest that we need. That's why Jesus is talking about this. He came to meet our primary need. 
And spiritual rest is the primary kind of rest that we need. It flows into emotional rest, which energizes us to do the physical work that we need to do. Next, he teaches us that to find rest, we must give up control. Take my yoke upon you, the first part of verse 29 says. This is a very different path to rest. Jesus doesn't say, lay on the couch, take a nap to find the rest that you need. He says, take my yoke upon you. A yoke is used for work, not rest. So this is an incredibly different kind of rest that he's talking about. This is a different statement. Here's a picture of a yoke. These are two oxen uh, yoked together to do work. Jesus is telling us in this to stop trying to be in control of your life and the outcomes in it, how things turn out, and trust him. This is what we need to do, you and I both. We need to trust him. If you yoke yourself to me, Jesus says, I will give you what you need to do the work I've given you to do. We all have assignments in different arenas of life, in our family, in raising our kids, in our marriages, in working on the job, doing the ministry that we've been assigned, that we've accepted, and the responsibility we have there, working through conflict and growing relationships. These are all areas that can agitate us. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you as you do these things, and I will give you rest. In Jesus' day, farmers trained young oxen to plow by partnering them with a stronger, more mature oxen. And as Jesus was teaching here, this image would have been in the mind of the listeners to, to, to the teaching. The job of the younger ox was simply to follow in the same direction and keep pace with the teacher ox. This is what Jesus is saying. The older ox pulled most of the weight and understood the commands of the plow driver. As long as the young ox followed the older ox, everything was fine. But if the younger ox decided to speed up or lag behind, the work became much more difficult. Only by keeping pace with the older ox could the younger ox complete the day's work without collapsing from exhaustion. This is what Jesus is saying. Yoke yourself to me. Let me lead you. Let me teach you. Let me grow you. This is the path to spiritual rest, which cascades to emotional and physical rest as you're doing what you need to do. It recharges you physically as you find the rest in your soul. My problem in following Christ is that I unyoke myself from him all the time. I start trying to handle things on my own without his help. Think about this for a moment. Where have you unyoked yourself from Jesus Christ? If you're a follower of his, 
then uh, think about that. Where have you pulled away and where are you trying to handle life on your own? We'll find the spiritual rest in the core of our being if we admit that we've unyoked ourselves from the Lord and his ways and get yoked again and trust him to lead us once again. This is an important understanding of how to find the rest, even in the midst of handling the responsibilities that God has laid on our plate to handle. This requires learning. So we must learn in him. The last part of verse 29 says, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, it's natural to try to live life on our own and to be unyoked from the Lord and from his grace, from the help that he provides, from the energy that he wants to give us, the strength of his grace. We do wrong, and it makes perfect sense to try to please God for make, by making up for it. Living rigidly by the law, though, living legalistically, trying to work our way into God's favor, it saps the joy out of life, and it depletes our energy. This is what Jesus is talking about. His way will lead to rest. When we blow it in a relationship, when we blow it in a responsibility of ours, we can make ourselves pay by turning over what we've done in our mind over and over and over again. We just keep thinking about it. We think, this is how I'm going to pay. This is, this is what I'm going to do to make up for the wrong I've, I've done. We can literally be haunted by the wrong we've done. However, Jesus has shown us an easier path. Confess our wrong to God, the person you've sinned against, ask them to forgive you, and move on. Stop beating yourself up. This is the path to true rest. This is the path that Jesus wants to teach us. You know, perfectionism can cause a great deal of inner turmoil. Believe me, I know. Stop trying to live up to unrealistic expectations you have for yourself. Don't stop it. Jesus has made sure that God accepts you just where you're at. Sometimes we even focus on the expectations of others and we try to please them. And that's our way to please God. Um, that's impossible to please everyone around us. If you yoke yourself to Jesus Christ, he is going to lead you. He will show you how to please him and how to, to grow in your relationship. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is quit trying to remove the stain of sin yourself. 
the mark of sin. Trust Jesus to do that. Live for him. He will give you the rest you need as you live for his purpose in every arena of life. But there's a learning to rest in him that's not easy for us Americans. We're busy. We're busy parents. We're busy churchgoers. We're busy students. It's so hard for us to experience this deep rest in our souls. And, you know, when I think of rest, I think pillows, vacations, being caught up at work. I can finally take a breather, being out of debt, having everything right in my relationships. But there's a problem with all that. Sometimes I've had those things and I'm not able to find rest on the inside because I needed spiritual rest from the hand of God, from Jesus Christ himself, most of all. That's the core. That's the kind of rest we really need. This rest is closely tied to the idea of trust. So I want to encourage you, as I wrap up the message this morning, use Matthew 11.30 as a measure for how you're doing in your walk with the Lord. Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Are you experiencing the yoke that's easy and the burden that's light right now? If if you're walking with Lord, if you're coming to him and taking his yoke and learning from him, that's what you're experiencing. It's kind of a good gauge that we can use to measure. If your load is heavy, you're trying to carry it yourself. You, you will have no spiritual rest that way that cascades into emotional and physical rest as you set out to do God's will on your own, as you try to complete the assignments God's given you yourself. Be yoked to Jesus Christ. Let him guide you. Let him guide the way that you approach each circumstance, each situation. Life flows by situation by situation. And our way should be, as a Christ follower, to handle it with his help. Be yoked to him. Let him lead us. Let him teach us how to do the things that we do from his angle, from his perspective. This includes marriage, raising your kids, working on the job, relating to friends, doing ministry, trying to help people, bless them. He he will give you rest as you set out to do life his way. Jesus will. And as you learn to trust Jesus with the outcomes as you wait on him, that's the way to find the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light. What a blessing. What a great picture of following Jesus that we need to have. So I, as I always do in messages, I want to suggest 
a next step, a couple next steps for you. Um, the first one is just fill in the blank. Um, my next step today is to, um, and I want to encourage you to write a response based on what God said to you during this message. Maybe there's an area of your life that you aren't trusting to him, that you aren't resting in and allowing him to do the work that only he can do. Give that to him. Set yourself to do what God's laid on your heart to do and come to him, learn from him, and give him control of this area of your life. And then another step that you could take, if you haven't yet committed your life to follow Jesus Christ, um, Jesus invites you to come to him. This is a picture of what it means to follow him, to find rest for your soul. So another step could be for the first time, I commit my life to Christ and I will trust him to lead me. This means quit trying to please God by making up for the bad you've done by doing good. It means forsaking the natural approach to dealing with the mark of sin. You can't erase it on your own. It's still going to be there. We need God's help to erase the mark. And he promises to do it through Jesus Christ, his son. Take his yoke upon you and find rest for your soul. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and kindness to us. Lord Jesus, thank you for this invitation that you've given. Thank you that you have revealed the truth of who you are, not to the wise and understanding, the high status people, but to us, to little children. Help us, Lord, to learn to follow you in the way that you're describing in this passage. Give us the strength and the energy to find rest in you as we take your yoke upon us, Father. May you help us. May you help us do the things you've laid on our heart to do through this message. And may we please you more and more with our lives. And I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen.